Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're talking today to Justin Tremaine. He's the CEO of Exor Resources. They're an ASX-listed West African gold explorer. He talks to us about strategy for explorers in the region, why cash is king, cheap drilling and grades, and the permitting process. Good morning, Justin. How are you? Good, thanks, Matthew, and uh, thanks for your time today. No pleasure. Nice, nice to have you on board. Could you give us a one-minute summary of the, the company, and then we get stuck into some questions after that? Yeah, for sure. Um, so Exor is a very new company in its current uh, form. It's only been around for less than one year. Um, and so we're a gold exploration company listed on the Australian Stock Exchange with a head office here in Perth in Australia. Um, but our project uh, and our, our sole focus is on a uh, gold exploration project in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, in the northern part of um, Cote d'Ivoire, which we acquired in uh, really December last year. So we've been aggressively exploring that um, project over the last seven to eight months and had a lot of success uh, as our drilling results have shown over the last six months. Right. So, um, so you said you, uh, you've been in the current form for less than a year. What, what, what was it before? So really before um, it was just a, a cash shell. Um, going back some time, it uh, had, had some lithium assets and that's where the cash came from. And then I joined the company when I joined the company uh, last year. It was just a, uh, a well-funded cash vehicle uh, without a project and, and looking for a project. We had about uh, was a $15 million market cap with $15 million in the bank. Okay, got it. Okay, thanks for that. Um, so Cote d'Ivoire, West Africa, well-known gold producing area, lots of lots of companies in the in the area. Why did, I assume that's why you decided to go there. How did you get into the project? How did you find it? Yeah, it was really the project that attracted us uh, first and foremost when we... Um, it was a project that I was familiar with. Uh, when we looked at the project, we, we could see that there'd been a lot of early reconnaissance exploration work uh, done by the previous explorer, but not a lot of drilling. And there were some really um, stellar walk-up drill targets. And obviously we had the money um, to be able to do the project justice. And then when we looked at the country, um, you know, we really saw a, a huge opportunity in Cote d'Ivoire. It uh, really is the most stable place in, in West Africa now. And there's long been um, an argument that it's um, got the greatest opportunity because it has a, a, a very um, large percentage of the, um, the beryllium greenstone um, belts that are situated in Cote d'Ivoire, but it just hasn't had the same exploration focus as some of the neighbouring countries. Yet it is uh, now, um, over the last five to six years, the most stable country. So, uh, so it was really a project that got us there interested first, but then when we um, looked at the the uh, country, we, we really see um, a lot of activity and uh, a lot of interest building in Cote d'Ivoire over the next couple of years. Is it, I, I noticed a very interesting chart at the back of your PowerPoint rank, was it, uh, ranking for terrorist activity. And I think Cote d'Ivoire is uh, actually below the UK and the US, which I thought was <laughs> quite amusing. Um, so very safe. Well, it's a very topical um issue for yeah. west africa i mean really for, for the world but um in uh, west africa you know in some of the northern countries um it's becoming a major issue and it becomes very difficult to uh, undertake exploration when you have those security issues yeah um, and fortunately um cote d'ivoire um 
you know, has, it did have one incident a number of years ago, but it hasn't had any recent incidents um, whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. I guess you get that question a lot um, with regards to, you know, safety, etc. And I think there are some, some countries slightly further north of you that perhaps do have that consideration. Cote d'Ivoire, great country, worked there, nice people as well. Um, so... If we look at the you know, Beremian Greenstone, it is prolific, as you say. I think even in your PowerPoint, you say there's 61 million ounce plus businesses there already. That's, that, yeah, that's yeah. right. So it, it is prolific. Um, but isn't that part of the problem? It's, it's, all, it's very attractive, but isn't that part of your problem too, in that you're one of many gold explorers in the region and you're trying to stand out so you know well do you do you agree that's a problem and if so what are you doing about it yeah i don't really see it as a problem at the end of the day um you know uh large gold discoveries are going to get interest um from, from the market i mean where you are the, the issue is getting a land position uh in, in the country because um, all of west africa is highly sought after um but the ground that we've managed to put out Put on, you know, it's very difficult to get a position like that. So we have over a thousand square kilometres um, under tenure now, um, and we're very fortunate that the exploration company prior to us um, spent four years in putting together that package and spent four years before they could get on the ground to any exploration, which obviously uh, you know, becomes a very frustrating and, and also costly period. And our work was done; we're able to step in. Um, and get, get started straight away with our exploration. So the challenge there is more just getting a ground position and uh, we're able to do that in, um, in one transaction. That's a factor of you know, getting land and being able to do mining. But you know, I guess you know, your team also needs to worry about financing, share price and all of that sort of stuff. You've got a lot of cash in the bank, I get it, and we'll come on to that in a second because I think that's a yep. plus point. But in terms of promoting the company, is it not a concern of yours that you've got lots of people going around telling pretty much the same story and they're sitting with, you know, resource as well? Yeah, for us, it's um, it's all about just um, adding value to the project and, and undertaking the exploration in a very financially prudent and efficient manner. And then drilling results, as we've been able to put out over the last six months, will ultimately attract uh, the attention of investors. And obviously, as an exploration company, um, you are beholden to your share price. Um, you, you know, you, you do need to raise um, further funds at some point in the future. Um, and therefore, you know, it's important to be able to set yourself apart, but ultimately that that's just in, in drilling results and then being able to find resources. As I say, I think new discoveries, which we think we're on to two such new discoveries, are always gonna uh, generate quite a lot of excitement. You do have to do those things, but there's a bunch of other companies doing exactly the same thing and they're going to be going back to the ASX or AIM yep. and reporting the same story as you. So how do you stand out? What is the plan yep. going forward? I know you're early stages, but I'm just interested in your thinking, why you got well, into yeah. this. No, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, and it's what actually got me interested in XOR as a company before we had a project was its cash position. I mean, most junior exploration companies don't have the um, the benefit of having $15 million in the bank that they can put to work and therefore really are beholden to exploration results and market conditions over the next six months. Whereas we're able to not worry about that, well-funded, not having to worry about raising any capital in the future. 
and and able to go about our, our um, business. Let, let, let's talk about the cash position yeah. because I think that the two things that in your favor, I think, are uh, Aussie gold price, nice at the moment, very nice, all time high. I think. Yeah, all time high. I mean, really, it's the US gold price that um, yeah. is generating interest for us because we're in a sort of US US uh, dollar environment in Cote d'Ivoire. Okay, okay, understood. And so, cash, you've got what ten million bucks or so? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, just under ten million dollars now because right. we're uh, doing very active exploration programs. So, how are you going to spend that? When when does that last? You three two, and what value do you think it can create? You're setting at thirty million ish market cap today. You're going to spend 10 million. What do you want to see at the end of that? Yeah, well, what got us interested in this project is we wouldn't be here if we didn't see the potential for a multi-million ounce gold project ultimately. Mm-hmm. And for us, that's you know two, three million ounces plus, which is a standalone project, which you could then take through to feasibility and ultimately development and, and production. So that's that's our goal. Um, where we sit today, it's been six months. Uh, we spent probably about $5 million dollars Hopefully, we'll come out with a maiden resource um, in the next few weeks, um, and that should be a stepping stone towards that ultimate uh, goal of a two, three million ounce um, project. And we've been able, to, and I think it'll be quite a significant stepping stone towards there. And we've been able to achieve that with about five million dollars of expenditure. Um, and so, hopefully, we can continue um, continue to grow that maiden resource from going forward over the next twelve months. Um, and then when we next come back to the market, it'll be based on a project that has a much more substantial, um, well, has a resource firstly, and a much more substantial resource than what we've been putting out in the next few weeks. And, uh, you know, a far more advanced project. Right, so, so maiden resource, that's, that's good. And so you're expecting what sort of level? Oh, it's difficult to say and, until we, um, you know, put it out as an announcement. But I think, um, you know, for us to be, for it to be a, for us to see it as a material uh, milestone, you know, we'd be really looking at for as an initial position of four, five hundred thousand ounces as a gold, um, and that's to us would be a, a pretty significant milestone to achieve in, in just six months of exploration. And why did you feel the need to put out a, re, a maiden resource now? Shouldn't you just be drilling, drilling, and drilling, and put out a you know, mean, a meaningful maiden resource, you know, one million ounce plus, two, you know, that sort of level. You've got the cash, you're not under any pressure. Yeah. Why, why do it? Yeah, once again, that's a very good question and, um, you know, something of much debate. Um, I guess, you know, the analysts out there, um, you know, we, we are an exploration company. So coming back to what you were touching on before, what sets us apart is um, we want to be able to show that we've uh, achieved something tangible in the first six months rather than just a whole lot of drilling results and be able to say, what does this mean? Um, and that, that sort of leads us to putting a maiden resource out, albeit it's just a very much an interim position. And then it allows the analysts to say, well, they've actually achieved what they said they were going to do in the first six months and gives um, everyone a bit more confidence in uh, what we'll do in the next six months. It's, uh, but but it, it's a very sort of conventional response to mining is to, to do it the way that you've done it. And so there's nothing wrong with it because it's conventional. But if you look at companies like Great Bear in Canada, they're just drilling. There's there's no no resource being put out because they're getting hitting the grades. They're drilling, drilling, drilling. But and the analysts understand that. So yep. you know that that's another strategy. And just again coming back to the the thinking of yeah, the management a, team. I think it's a um, it's a slightly different model uh, for TSX listed companies versus ASX listed companies. TSX listed companies just like to drill, 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 drill. 
um, until they have a very substantial resource as a maiden resource, whereas ASX companies tend to try and show um, a little bit more um, progression during, as the pro uh, project um, moves forward. Okay. And then, you know, really um, for us as a, we started out as a cash shell um, with, with just no institutional shareholders, you know, no analysts following. And I think just putting a resource out allows us to uh, attract some more institutions that we've been able to do over the last six months, but hopefully attract further institutions to our register uh, on the back of also some, um, you know, analysts picking up coverage of the company going forward. Right. Okay. So, again, this, this fascinates me. This, you've got all this cash, so you've got all the optionality. You can decide how you're going to spend it, or how quickly you're going to spend it, how many drills you've got running at the same time. Um, but you're conscious of the the share price. You're at what are you seven cents, something like that. What do you? I yeah, we're trading around probably eight cents. Eight cents, um, right? Today, eight to eight and a half cents. I wouldn't say we're too conscious about the share price over the next six months. Right. But you know we are conscious of where the share price may be in a year's um, time, and uh, you know the share price um, it doesn't happen overnight. So uh, getting exposure, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. That's a gradual. Um, gradual process right but but it's something that you're conscious of you need to be speaking to institutions and retail you've got about 50 percent retail following it, mostly Oz, i guess yeah look i think all expiration companies are conscious of the share price because um it is ultimately um the way they fund the company going forward and um you know the most critical thing for an expiration company is to try and minimize dilution for its shareholders going forward and therefore the share price is always um a critical thing for our whole junior exploration company. Right. So, and I'll just finish off on this point but, um, in the, sort of in, for this section, which is how are you differentiating yourself with your, with your story to those analysts who've seen, you know, there's a lot of gold stories out there. There's a lot of West African gold stories out there. You're an explorer, high risk stage of development, but you're saying, okay, how are you differentiating yourselves when you're sitting in front of these guys? What are you saying? Well, there's two things really um, that differentiate ourselves. One's our cash position, mm. and therefore, you know, people who, who invest in XOR today, you know, are unlikely to be um, facing dilution in the short term. Um, so that's that's the first point. And then, secondly, and ultimately, the most important is the drilling results that we've been able to put out, which shows that we've made definitely a discovery at what we call the Antoinette. Um, area mm -hmm. and looks like we're making a second discovery and emerging discovery at Veronique. Um, and that really differentiates us and the grade of those um, intercepts and, and ultimately that will come out in our maiden resource. We, we think we'll be able to show, whilst it's a modest um, start in terms of quantum, it should be a, a pretty good grade um, for our resource, which is sitting at, at surface. Right. Okay. And again, if I'm looking at sort of comp, at comps, uh, look at Cardinal next door, Ghana. They're setting up five million plus ounces, heading towards seven. Market cap, one hundred and thirty million. They're you know they've been drilling, um, but they haven't got the response in the market that they had hoped for. So, I mean, are you nervous about the current strategy delivering for you, or you you have some degree of confidence? And where does that come from? I oh, know we have a lot of confidence um, you know, because what we're talking about as an initial step is just on one very small area um, at Antoinette. Uh, and we've been drilling elsewhere, both uh, you know, step out on that, that particular area that we're looking at putting a main resource around 
within the broader Antwin area, but but also um, at this new discovery, Veronique, which will, will not uh, feature in any maiden resource, but in, um, in in some point in the future, uh, we, we hope that that will provide a, a very much a step change um, to the project in okay. terms of scale. You've got all the licenses and permits that you currently need to be doing this drilling, and you are drilling without any interference or obstruction. Correct. Actually, it's a um, very important point. So obviously, tenure is always topical um, in a developing country and, and in Africa. And so as part of the acquisition of this project at the end of last year, the one of the critical conditions was the renewal, not only, sorry, the, firstly, the, um, the government approving the transaction, which they did, but also renewing the permits, uh, which happened in uh, the beginning of December. And that was really the uh, final condition to the acquisition. So in Cote d'Ivoire, um, uh, you have, uh, um, we have our permits renewed as, as part of the mining code in accordance with the mining code for three years. And then we have a, a, the right um, to renew those for a further uh, two periods, subject obviously to meeting our um, work commitments. But given the amount of uh, drilling that we've been doing over the last six months, there's, there's no, no question of meeting our work commitments. Okay, so, and you're obviously that region is not, you're hitting similar grades to lots of companies in, in that Beremian Greenstone belt. Um, so that's good. They're, they're, they're good. they're good grades. Your focus going forward, I guess, is about understanding how much of it you've got, right? Because at the moment, yeah. you don't quite know that's what right. you've got. That's right. I mean, I think the grades we're hitting um, you know, are at the upper end um, of, of some of the other um, operating I'd say gold mines true. and just uh, deposits around us. So I think the grade is, is um, reasonably good, mm -hmm. reasonably high grade for surface mineralization mm -hmm. but you're absolutely right it's it's all about how much gold we can define um, and the scale of um, the the uh, soil anomalies that we're drilling um, definitely demonstrate that potential for that multi-million ounce um, discovery and uh, the area that we've been drilling at Antoinette you know it, it represents probably only 10 to 15 percent of the broader soil anomaly within that area there and then as I said we have a number of other very large scale soil anomalies, one of which, only one of which we've started to drill and, and having some early success there. So, so, let, me, so let me just understand it better. Okay, so you've got, um, you've, start, you've started a process, you've got, you've got a land package, you've got the licenses, permits, the grades are, you know, I say the, slight, the upper end, I'd agree with you, the upper end of the Beremian type numbers, usual numbers. But where's this thing going? Once you've kind of built out some scale to it, Where's the exit point for you guys? Because you know all the the the, the mid tier or the, the the big boys are looking out for answers in the ground. They definitely are, and you must be conscious of that. So, what are you doing about it? How do you again stand out from the sixty other explorers, developers in that region? Well, what are we doing about it? I mean, really, my view is you take the project forward. We're at the stage of exploration, which I think is really where the value is created, is, is discovering and defining a resource. But once we have the critical mass, and which I see, in my view, is two, three million ounces of gold in resource, then, you know, we will, you know, the, the company will evolve, the team will evolve, and we'll take that, that resource and project through feasibility and ultimately development. You know, that's where we'll go. Now, if there's interest along the way, um, so be it. But if we're not taking the project forward and adding value to the project, 
um, then we're not going to attract any any interest um, in the future. So that that will be our strategy. Um, but also the area that we're operating in, it's um, you know, there is two existing operations in close proximity to us already, which have reasonably limited mine life as well. Which when we looked at this project, was always a little bit of a not our you know strategy, but a fallback position is that there is two operating mills in close proximity, which you know, in the next couple of years, we'll probably need additional mill feed. Okay, and, and from, from what perspective? Go go and buy those mills or just offer feed stock? Oh, it would be way too early uh, to tell at this stage. I mean, as I said, that's very much um, a fallback position for us. You know, our current strategy is to, uh, you know, go it alone and, um, and, and discover a resource that has the uh, economies of scale to develop on it as a standalone project. Have you seen any examples of companies being taken out with two or three million ounces? Is that is that a normal scenario in West Africa? Uh, you know, there's a lot of cases of in West Africa of companies getting to that two or three million ounces and then being um, taken out. There's no, no question about that. I mean, there was a recent transaction um, within Cote d'Ivoire, you know, only in the last few months ago, where it was only a half a million ounce resource. Not not a company, but uh, a project held by a bigger company, uh, Newcrest. So uh, half a million ounces, which Rockskull um, came and, and bought, bought that. So um, you know, that that's a, an example of a transaction. I think that paints from 20 million US with a you know, another 10 million US to come for, for half a million ounce uh, results. So you can put that sort of uh, as a benchmark against uh, Exor. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, I think there's a lot of data uh, that came with that project as well. So that's a fair point. Um, so let's talk about the management team then, track record, experience, in the region and of creating shareholder value, i.e. making people money. Tell us a bit about the team. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so the, the company's chaired by a, a gentleman by the name of John Fitzgerald. So he's a very well-known um, mining financier here in Australia. It sits on the board of Northern Star, which is obviously the, probably the most successful gold company in Australia over the last 10 years, hugely successful. So he's been involved with uh, Northern Star really since its uh, inception. Then myself, I joined the company 12 months ago, really with the mandate to um, you know, secure a project for the company that we could put our money to work on, a project that offered a lot of uh, upside in terms of uh, exploration uh, potential. I think we've managed to do that. Prior to um, to joining Exor, I uh, founded and ran a company that um, defined and completed a feasibility study on the first gold mining project in uh, Cambodia, so another developing uh, jurisdiction which that company got taken over uh, in 2016. Um, and that and that, pro, that company has now taken that project uh, through uh, development as we speak. Um, and I remained with that for, for 12 months before uh, coming across into Exor. And then on ground, um, you know, we have a exploration manager who is highly experienced in West Africa, spent the last 12 years just purely in, in West Africa on, on gold projects and has been involved in two um, quite significant gold discoveries in Burkina Faso um, and also had some exposure in, in Cote d'Ivoire, but um, you know, definitely saw the potential of our projects and uh, that's why he um, came to join us as our um, on-ground sort of exploration manager. Right, okay. Okay, and um, and what's the shareholding structure look like? I know there's a, there's a big retail component to this, but how much is the management sitting on? How much are they sitting on? Yeah, on a diluted basis, it's just under 10% of the company uh, okay. is the management sitting on. Right, and, and a lot of that's just been, um, you know, actual shares bought on market. Okay, 
Okay, and any significant shareholders or significant parties that we should be aware of? As I touched on before, as a cash shell, obviously we had no institutions on our register um, you know, December last year. Now we have a number of institutions on our register, which um, you know, our drilling results has, has attracted that interest and that sort of set us apart from these other companies that you, you refer and we've been able to attract these institutions on our register in, in a market that's reasonably challenging still for, for exploration. Mm. Um, and so one of those is a North American institution that's gone substantial, so that's public, so that's a very active gold fund uh, and now owns, well, I think over 6% of the company. And then we have a number of Australian um, institutions um, sitting below below that 5% um, disclosure threshold. Okay, and do you, do you think the market's giving you fair value at 30 million bucks for what you have? Uh, I don't think um, you know too many managing directors would uh, would, would think that. But look, um, as I said before, you know there's a reasonably recent um, uh, corporate transaction where hard cash has been paid. You know for um, fairly modest sized resource of I think it was sort of four hundred thirty thousand ounces at the time, uh, which is you know was a transaction at a higher than our current enterprise value. Mm. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're not we're well funded, so the share price is what it is. We'll just keep going and hopefully keep stepping out and, and keep producing the drilling results that we've um, been putting out over the last six months and show this project's going to grow and grow. And uh, ultimately, the share price uh, I think will um, react accordingly. Okay, so let's get let's get stuck into the projects themselves. I mean, again, without going through each graph and gruesome detail, if you can give us the highlights, I think we're talking. You got. Four projects, where there's a there's a great chart on page 16 of your most recent presentation, I think, which people can go to, and we'll put it up on the video as well. Um, you're talking about Antoinette, Veronique, Liberty, and Project Wide. So they're all at different stages, and you're you've got you've got to allocate your 10 million bucks somehow. So where's it where's it mostly being focused and directed? Well, really, we have two permit areas, which the northern one we call the Go project, and then the southern one, the Liberty project. And whilst we um, call them different project names, they're actually only about 35 kilometres apart. So if we define resources, depending on the grade, obviously, on either of those projects, they're definitely um, complementary to each other. But our focus, 90% of our focus has been on the Go um, project, which within that sits the Antoinette um, prospect and discovery and also the uh, about 12 kilometres to the south, the Veronique uh, new emerging um, gold discovery. So that that's definitely our focus. And both those areas are quite large. They're about um, you know seven to eight kilometres by three or four kilometres in, in width. And we've uh, really just uh, touched the tip of the iceberg on both of those areas. And are they, these are relatively shallow deposits as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, everything we're drilling is, you know, open pitable resources is what we're targeting. So um, really in the top 150 metres, everything is, uh, you know, mineralisation is, is outcropping that surface there. And I mean, our priority is actually the drilling the, uh, the top 100 metres, which is predominantly um, weathered oxide material, um, which has obviously metallurgical and mining um, benefits. And that is actually one of the um, advantages of uh, this part of part of the world, Northern Cote d'Ivoire, is the weathering is very, very deep. So we're typically talking about sixty or seventy meters of of, of weathering, which is which is very deep. 
Yeah, and I think that's, that's an important point for people to understand about the gold in this region uh, and, and, and the Bohemian is it does make it easier and cheaper to mine. So you would be expecting reasonably good ASIC numbers when you get to that point of understanding it. But the you say there are sixty other. Uh, explorers and developers there who we can use some of their data yep. to extrapolate from. But uh, I think it's an important point for people to understand about the cost yeah, of mining right. and drilling in that region. Yeah, and I would say about Cote d'Ivoire as well, um, which was very surprising, is the infrastructure is very good, mm. uh, which then has some advantages, particularly in capital costs. Yep. So, you know, we're no more than 30 kilometres off sealed, sealed road, very good sealed road. There's uh, high voltage power lines, you know, throughout northern Cote d'Ivoire, probably no further than 30 kilometres from a you know, high voltage um, power line. So these will have some uh, cost advantages as well. And then the ground is, is all very open um, ground and the topography is uh, very flat. So all these are uh, significant advantages when we get to that point. But ultimately, grade is king. And I think we're um, what we're defining is a pretty, pretty, good, um, pretty good grade when we compare ourselves to some other uh, deposits in the region. I think, I think that's fair to say. Um, Justin, thank you very much for your time today. That's been a wonderful introduction to um, XOR. Very, very interesting indeed. I, it's a fantastic part of the world. I think, you know, it's it's easy mining. It's good good people, I say, good infrastructure. Um, we look forward to hearing more from you as, as, as things develop. Well, excellent. And thanks for uh, your time today and look forward to chatting further in the future. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.